good morning. Good to see you again. My name is Josh, as I mentioned, and one of the pastors here. Welcome again to all you online. Hey, I wonder, have you ever had to search for something? I mean, like, really search for it when you can't find it. Like, your keys, I search for my keys more than I search for maybe anything else. And it's usually somewhere I put them, and I put them there so I'd remember that's where I put them. But I still search for them. I wonder, have you ever just wished sometimes maybe you could find something, you know, like maybe a buried treasure in your backyard? Well, check out this place. This is called uh, the Smith House. It's in uh, Dahlonega, Georgia, and it's a small hotel and restaurant that's been open since 1899. It's right on the Appalachian Trail. So in, in, in many ways, it's kind of the Appalachian Essen House. For our reference. Um, but the story of this house goes back to a guy named Captain Frank Wayland Hall. And uh, Frank Hall, you can see his picture there, uh, he was a representative of the Boston, Massachusetts Company. And he moved to Dahlonega in 1868 after the Civil War. And, and he was going there to oversee some local gold mines and, um, and just uh, care for the machinery there that was doing all the work. And this guy had amassed a small fortune by uh, buying land and, and selling it. And also he had a general merchandise store called the Frank W. Hall Merchandise Company. Sounds like something right out of Andy Griffith almost, doesn't it? <laughs> but when moving to Dahlonega, he purchased an acre of land east of the town hall, uh, east of the town square, I should say, to build a home. Now, it wasn't until uh, 1884 that the house was completed uh, but during construction, workers discovered something. They discovered a gold and a quartz vein underneath the building. So Hall, with his background in mining, he went to kind of the, the, the city fathers, so to speak, of Dahlonega, and he went to them, and he looked for a, a, um, a permit to be able to mine. But they denied it to him. One, because it was so close to downtown, they thought it'd be too loud. But two, uh, he was a Yankee, and he had won the war. So they weren't going to give this guy a mining permit. Well, um, not too many years after construction on this home was complete, uh, Frank ended up getting very ill with, uh, uh, with typhoid fever, selling it, and he passed away. Fast forward 100 years to 2006. February 2006, in fact, during renovation of this landmark hotel, you can see a picture of it today, um, Workers discovered an entrance under the dining room floor. It was a four-foot-wide hole underneath the concrete floor of the main dining room, and it went down 19 feet to the entrance of a gold mine. After looking back at some of the historical records, they discovered the account of Frank Hall not being able to get his mining permit, and uh, it turns out they believe now that he built that house to cover up his mining operation. But for, for years after he sold it, no one knew it was there. For a hundred years, this place was sitting literally on a gold mine. Have you ever heard that phrase? This place lived it out. They were literally sitting on a gold mine. It kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like, what kind of treasure is there in your life that you've just been sitting on? That, that is there for you for the taking, but you've never taken the opportunity to get it. 
You know, uh, if you see a sign in front of a church sometimes that would say, uh, revival here next week, most of the time you can probably count on the fact that revival is not going to happen next week because you can't control what God's going to do, right? You can't control the work of his spirit. But in this passage that we're going to look at this morning from Proverbs chapter two, you know what we get? Uh, we get gold. We, we get God telling us uh, how we can be closer to him than we've ever been before, how we can, can know him more than we ever dreamed of knowing him. And he actually tells us some steps we can take toward that type of revival in our own hearts and in our own life. So this summer, we're studying from the book of Proverbs. We're in Proverbs chapter two today. So if you want to join me uh, there, you can. It'll be on the screen as well. But let me read our passage for this morning from Proverbs chapter two. Uh, it goes like this. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight, and raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it like a hidden treasure, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his, and, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then, if you do all these things, then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity every good path. This is the word of the Lord. And we're going to look at it this morning. We're going to unpack it. But first, let me pray. And uh, let's see if there's maybe a gold mine you've been sitting on that you just haven't taken the time to go after. Let me pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. And thank you for your word, for your grace, for, your, for the, the gold of, of wisdom and, and treasure of wisdom that you give to us. In fact, uh, Jesus, we read in the New Testament that you are, in hidden you, are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So help us today, I pray, uh, just as a result of our time together, to seek you more, to seek you with uh, more of a passionate heart and a desire to know you, to search hard after you. I pray that for each of us, myself included. Holy Spirit, would you teach me even as I teach? Might my words be your own. And might we leave changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me give you the gist of the passage today. The, the writer of Proverbs here is saying, search hard for wisdom. Search hard for it. Uh, in fact, search hard for God. Search hard and you will find him. You'll find wisdom. You'll find, you'll, you'll find him. You will. You know, Proverbs 2 is really, it's kind of one of the most helpful passages in the entire Bible, because it explains just really practically that, that growth and sanctification, renewal of our lives, uh, it explains what that feels like. Like we sang earlier, what freedom feels like. It, it explains uh, the psychology of change. It, it explains that that psychology of change starts with getting rid of complacency. It's the opposite of complacency. Do you want to change? Do you want to know God? Do you want to know wisdom? Do you want to have, like we read at the end of that passage in verse 9, that you would know every good path in your life? Well, then you can't be complacent. You've got to be the opposite of that. In fact, you have to search hard after it. You have to search hard through God's word after it. Then you can get it. I mean, you really can get it. 
but it'll take some work on your part. You're going to have to search for it, and you're going to have to pursue God and chase after him with your whole heart. In fact, let's look at these first four verses again. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures. The next verse says, then, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Then you will gain understanding. If you do this, then, you know, there's all these ifs, and then there's a then in verse 5 and a then in verse 9. Now, uh, some of us, you might be thinking, uh, Josh, that kind of sounds like legalism. I mean, I thought God's wisdom and his knowledge and all those things were given to us by grace. What do you mean? If I do this, then I get it. Well, um, we're not really talking about legalism. You might be thinking, yeah, but how can the grace of God be conditional in this sense? I would, I would say, in this sense, how could his grace not be conditional? I mean, hear me. We, we cannot deserve or earn his favor in any way, shape, or form. But we do have to decisively search for it. We do have to decisively make a decision to turn to him and to trust him and to give our lives to him and to chase after him. Like it is all grace, but... In his grace, he gives me the opportunity to search after him, and then he lets me know even more of who he is. Do you want to know more of who he is? Well, it's going to take some work on your part. Um, Think of it like this way. Uh, You and I, were standing on the brink of the Grand Canyon, and we're looking out, and it's magnificent. And I don't have my contacts, and I've got my glasses with me, but they're kind of dirty, and Uh, So I I take them, and they're smudgy and scratchy, and and I I put them on, but I just can't quite see everything clearly. And so you turn to me, and you say, Josh, clean off your glasses so you can see this. And I turn to you, and I say, quit being legalistic. That's not legalism, is it? No, that's that's not legalism at all. Legalism is thinking I can do something to make God pay attention to me. Legalism is thinking I can do something to to deserve God's grace. Legalism is meritorious thinking. But this passage is simply saying, hey, are are you paying attention? Are you you searching after God? Clean off your glasses. Chase after him. Chase after him. Uh, See, wisdom... While it's offered to all of us, it's not automatic for all of us. I mean, how many of you, even after praying for wisdom, even after gaining wisdom, you've done some stupid things, right? Yeah, everyone in the room, our hands should be like sky high. But wisdom is in our default setting, and and we're not going to get there by drifting, by just kind of waiting for God to show up. You can't become significant in his, in his kingdom and, and gain his significant knowledge and wisdom just by being neutral and not being willing to chase after him and go, go out after him. I, I don't know what your biggest need is today, but I do know this, that God's saying to you, hey, son, daughter, I am so available to you. I am so available to you. Would you, would you come to me? I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to chase after me. The peace you want, the hope you're searching for, if you would come after me, I'll be found. 
If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Now that isn't a reflection of his love for you. That's a reflection of his revelation of himself more fully to you. His love for you never changes. But your understanding of how awesome and your experience of his his blessings can be so much more full as you chase after him. He's not saying, if you seek me, I'll love you more. He's saying, if you seek me, you'll find me for everything that I'm worth. Do you want that? Do you really? Well, then you're going to have to search hard. And, and it starts, one thing you can do to start that is to simply ask God. Look at James 1.5. James 1, uh, Jesus' little brother writes this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. He'll give it to you. And he'll not rebuke you for asking. But here's the deal. Sometimes we stop there and we think, okay, God, I'm going to ask for wisdom. And then he's just going to like zap me with wisdom. And here we go. Wouldn't that be great? Like, that'd be awesome if that's how it worked. But that's not how it works. In fact, uh, James goes on. He says there's more. You've got to go after him with singularity of mind. Like, if you're really searching for something, you kind of lay everything. Like, if if you've seen me search after my keys sometime or my wallet, ask Hannah. Like, I just go after it. Like, nothing else matters. I don't hear anything else. I'm like, I got to find my keys. This is driving me crazy. Where are they? And I tear the house apart trying to find them. If you want wisdom, you can ask God for wisdom, but then you need to go after him with that singularity of mind and search hard. Keep reading here in James 1. He says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Don't waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that's blown and tossed by the wind. Such people shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and They're unstable in everything they do. It's sad to me how often that's a reflection of my own life, that I don't go after him with my whole heart. But do you know when I do? I always find him. He's there to be found. There's wisdom to be gained. And he gives it generously every time, even when I failed to seek him. Once I do, it's worth it. You know, uh, James' big brother, Jesus, Jesus was James' big brother. He, He said this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found, and then he covered it up. And then in his joy, he went and sold everything that he had and he bought that field because it was, it was worth everything. He devoted everything to gaining that which was totally invaluable. You couldn't put a price on it. You know, uh, that's how we're to go after wisdom. You've been sitting on a gold mine. Are you digging? Are you digging? You know, um, we mentioned that gold mine earlier. You know, Job tells us that searching for wisdom is like digging a mine. Did you know that? Job actually uses that metaphor. Job chapter 28. By the way, here's a picture of an ancient... uh, Roman copper mine that was found uh, just a couple years ago in Spain. And it's elaborate. Like you think, oh, what did they know about mining, you know, 2,000 years ago, or let alone when Job wrote, like, you know, uh, maybe up to six, 7,000 years ago. What did they know about mining? Well, quite a bit, actually. In fact, listen, Job gives a description of what the early process of mining looked like. And he compares it to the search for wisdom. He says this, people know where to mine silver. And they know how to refine gold. 
Remember, this was written at least probably 6,000 years ago. They know where to dig iron from the earth and how to smelt copper from rock. They know how to shine light in the darkness and explore the farthest regions of the earth as they search in the dark for ore. They sink a mine shaft into the earth far from where anyone lives. They descend on ropes, swinging back and forth. Uh, food is grown on the earth above, but down below, the earth is melted as by fire. Here, the rocks contain precious lapis lazuli, uh, sapphires, and the dust contains gold. Uh, these are treasures no bird of prey can see. No falcon's eye can observe. No wild animal has walked up upon these treasures. No lion has ever set his paw there. People know how to tear apart flinty rock and overturn the roots of mountains. Think about that. Literally, overturn mountains. They, they cut tunnels in the rocks. They uncover precious stones. They dam up the trickling streams and bring to light the hidden treasures. But then he asked, but do people know where to find wisdom? They know how to do all this, but do they know where to find wisdom? Do they, uh, where is it that they can find understanding? No one, no one knows where to find it. For it's not found among the living. It's not here, says the ocean, nor is it here, says the sea. It can't be bought with gold. It certainly can't be purchased with silver. It's worth more than all the gold of Ophir, greater than precious onyx or uh, lapis lazuli, Wisdom is more valuable than gold and crystal. It cannot be purchased with jewels mounted in fine gold. Coral and jasper, they're worthless in trying to find wisdom. The price of wisdom is far above rupees. He's just making sure we get the point, isn't he? He goes on in verse 19, precious peridot, that's topaz from Ethiopia, cannot be exchanged for it. It's worth more than the purest gold. But do you know where to find wisdom, he asks? Does anyone know where to get understanding? It's hidden from the eyes of all humanity. Even the sharp-eyed birds in the sky cannot discover it. Destruction and death. We've heard only rumors of where wisdom can be found. Verse 23, Job says, God alone understands the way to wisdom. He knows where it can be found. For he looks throughout the whole earth and he sees everything under the heavens. He decided how hard the wind should blow. He decided how much rain should fall. In some ways, Job is kind of saying here, did you do that? <laughs> did you decide how windy it was going to be today or how much rain we might get this week? Well, the one who gives wisdom did. In fact, he made the laws for the rain and he laid out a path for the lightning. Then he saw wisdom and evaluated. He set it in place and he examined it thoroughly. And this is what he says to all humanity. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom. To forsake evil, that's true understanding. Job's telling us, like, uh, we, we go after, we mine after so many different things in our lives. We, we literally move mountains to get it. But what about Wisdom. Because wisdom's more valuable than, than all of those things. You know, if you really believe that, if you really seek after the Lord, you're, you're going to find that to be true. And you're going to search hard after him. I wonder, are you, are you mining for gold? Are you mining God's word for gold? 
I challenged you last week to read from Proverbs every day this summer. How many, you've been, you've gotten down that road a little bit. Anybody? Maybe you didn't make it every day. I, I missed one day this week, so I'm with you if you missed a day. Um, but this morning, if you read, um, you probably read from uh, so, Proverbs chapter 6. We're just reading whatever day of the month it is, that chapter in Proverbs all summer long, so that by the end of the summer, we'll have read through Proverbs a few different times. And we're just asking, hey, what, what in this chapter applies to me today? How have I seen it play out in someone else's life? How have I seen it play out in my life? And when you start digging, you're, you're going to get wisdom and you're going you're to go after it. But, but in Proverbs 6 this morning, you might have come across these verses. It says, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. See, we can mine God's word for wisdom. God's word even says there's wisdom to be found just by looking at God's world. Look at the ant, you lazy bones. Look at him. Uh, though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? I'm going to quote that to Charlie when he's a teenager and won't get out of bed. When will you wake up? When will you work hard and seek after it? You're like, Josh, I, I trusted Jesus, but, you know, it was great for a little while, but now I don't, I don't know. I just kind of faded away. Well, maybe you need to look at the ant. Maybe you need to work a little bit for it. Chase after him. Seek after him. And not only that, but you could also learn from the ant to bury it after you find it, to bury it in your heart. Seek, search hard for wisdom and, friend, bury it in your heart. Uh, let's go backwards a little bit in Proverbs 2. My son, verse 1, he said, If you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, if you do that, uh, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Back in verse 1, he says, if you would uh, treasure up my commands within you, store it up. You know, the ant stores everything away for the winter so that when, when trial comes, he can make it. This, uh, this little box here, don't tell Charlie, but I stole it from his room this morning. This is his treasure box. My son, he's five years old and... He keeps all his treasures in here. He's got uh, a balloon from Penguin Point. He's got some change in his little panda thing. A handful of rocks, some ribbons, a picture of he and Hannah and I. And you know, if, if he comes in here after the service, you watch. If he sees this up here, he'll, he will run for it because this is his treasure and he stores it up. And every now and then, he, he dumps it all out on the living room floor, every last bit of it. And he looks through it, and he just kind of stares at it. And he just treasures it. He, he loves it. And he keeps adding to it. I, you know, there's a good lesson to be learned from that. What are the things you're storing up? Now, obviously, his treasures won't last forever. But you're sitting on a gold mine that will. And you can treasure up wisdom and knowledge of the Lord. And even after you store it up in your heart, you can kind of dump it out in the floor and look at it and learn from it and treasure it more. Are you digging? Are you searching? And, and are you storing it up? Are you burying it in your heart? The psalmist says to 
to memorize God's word. In fact, Psalm 119.11, I've stored up God's word where? Do you know this verse? In my, where do you store it up? In your heart. And you know what happens when you store up God's word in your heart? It begins to change you. Notice, I stored up God's word in my heart so that I wouldn't sin against him. So that I wouldn't sin against him. You know, part of the reason for reading through Proverbs every day is that simply by being familiar with it more and more and more, every day in God's word, deliberately or not, some of it's going to start to stick. And you're going to remember it, and the Holy Spirit's going to bring that to mind, and it's going to change the way you live and even the way you think. And if you really go after it, you really search for it, you might start deliberately memorizing it and building some habits. You know, we did that in uh, 1 Peter. We printed off some memory verses for you. There's some more, again, this morning. They're out at the Connect desk. You can grab them, cut them apart. And uh, there's just 10 different Proverbs here that you could memorize maybe this summer. Or just grab a couple or one and memorize it. Store it up in your heart. If we run out of these, they're available online, uh, wabasibible.com slash habits. And you can download them there and print them yourself. Um, But, you know, memorize God's words. Store it up. Another way you can gain wisdom, if you want to gain wisdom, is we talked about studying God's word. We talked about looking at God's world. But also, you need to get around wise people. The reality is you become like the people you hang out with. (laughs) Do you want wisdom? Start hanging around wise people. Not wise guys, wise people. (laughs) Right? In in fact, look what the the writer Proverbs says. Whoever walks with the wise, they become wise. But the companion of fools, they'll they'll suffer harm. I've, I've seen that play out in my life. Talk about our questions while we're reading this, you know. You ask yourself, wait, where have I seen this play out in someone else's life? And where have I seen it play out in my life? I've seen this play out in my life, in college, in high school. And you hang out with the wrong crowd, and suddenly you find yourself doing stupid things you never thought you'd do. It doesn't change as we grow older. If you want to be wise, get around wise people. Get around wise people, and you'll become wise. Memorize God's word. Store it up in your heart like, like treasure. Where's your treasure? See, if if you do this, if you search hard for wisdom, if you bury it in your heart, you get around wise people, do you know, uh, you'll find every good path. You will. You'll find every good path that God has for you. Uh, Let's keep reading here from Proverbs chapter 2. See, he had given us all these ifs in verses one through four. If you receive my words, if you treasure up my commandments within you, if you make your ear attentive to wisdom, if you incline your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight, if you raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver, if you search for it like a hidden treasure, then, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And we saw last week in verse 7 of chapter 1, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of who he is. uh, The awe of who he is. For the Lord, he he gives wisdom. If you knew somebody was 
giving away $100 bills out in the commons right now. How many of you would be like, I'll be right back, Josh? <laughs> like somebody's just dishing it out. And it was somebody that you know, yep, that guy, he gives out hundreds. What about when the Lord says, uh, the Lord gives wisdom? Would you run to him? Uh, why don't we? We ought to. For the Lord, he gives wisdom. From, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. It's like he's got his pockets full and he's just waiting to give it out to you. All you got to do is go to him. Search after him. Seek after him. Now, have you ever searched for treasure, by the way? Have you ever done that? You ever had like a metal detector and go looking for stuff? How often do you find it like right away? Not very often. I mean, if, 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 if you uh, took your first five minutes with a metal detector and then said, ah, no treasure, forget this, I'm done, and you walk away, you're never going to find it. Even if I told you there was a great treasure in your backyard, if you give up that quick, you're never going to find it. See, to search for it like a hidden treasure means you got to search for it. <laughs> you got to do some work. And if you do, when you find him, he has, he has wisdom stored up for you that he longs to give you. And, and this comes sometimes just by deliberately seeking him for a prolonged period of time. Other, other times it's just a matter of, of daily walking with him, seeking him consistently and daily and knowing him more. And he reveals more and more of himself to you. But it doesn't come from being complacent. See, he stores up wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity. Integrity just means soundness. Who you are. If you're like, Josh, uh, well, I don't have integrity. He's never going to give me wisdom. Integrity calls things what it is. Are you messed up? Go to him in your messiness and say, Lord, I'm messed up and I need wisdom. I need you to change me. That's a step toward integrity, toward soundness, toward wholeness. Go to him just as you are. And he receives you and he, he gives wisdom. In fact, remember James, what he said when you ask him for wisdom? He doesn't give it begrudgingly or like, eh, I suppose this time. He doesn't uh, scold you when he hands out. No, he gives it freely to anyone who would ask. Go to him uprightly in integrity, just as you are. Guarding the paths of justice, watching over the way of his saints. See, the, the great thing about God giving us his wisdom is it, it guards our life. He, he watches over our way. He, he's able to kind of give our heart a new taste, a new relish, a new instinct for wisdom. He changes us. If, if you want to be a better husband, if, if you want to get out of credit card debt, if you want to know how much TV to watch or not to watch, you don't need somebody to beat you down with guilt and pressure. You don't need that. You don't need five easy steps for this or, you know, six surefire steps for that. You need a new heart. And you need new character and you need awakening deep within you. And God is saying, if you seek me, wisdom will come into your heart. Knowledge will become pleasant to your soul.
and I'll guard the paths of justice, watching over your ways. In fact, then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity. You'll understand every good path. He's just saying, would you search after me? Jeremiah 29 tells us the Lord can be found. God says, you will seek me and find me when? When you seek after me with your whole heart in integrity, in wholeness, going after it. Proverbs, the next chapter tells us, uh, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? A little bit, half of it, with all your heart. With all your heart, don't lean on your own understanding. In every way, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make straight your paths. He'll, he'll keep your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear God, fear the Lord, turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your flesh. It'll be refreshment to your bones. Seek after him. And by the way, in seeking after wisdom, the, the one you can go to more than anyone else is Jesus himself. See, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So uh, to get wisdom means first coming to the Lord, again, with, with all your junk and, and saying, Jesus, I'm, I'm pretty jacked up. I'm a sinner. I'm messed up. Would you save me? And do you know he promises to if you'd believe in your heart that, that he is Lord, that he died on the cross for your sins, that God raised him from the dead so that he could give you new life, that you will be saved. And all of your junk gets transferred onto him and all of his goodness and all of his wisdom gets transferred onto you. His goodness immediately, his wisdom as you seek after it. And notice Paul says this, uh, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Friend, do you want wisdom? Where else have you been searching for it? Where else have you been searching for satisfaction in this world? Search hard for wisdom. Search hard after God. And when you find it, bury his word in your heart so that you will know every good path. You know, we said Proverbs sometimes. Uh, there's Proverbs that are just Proverbs and not promises. Last week, this one's a promise, and it's backed up all throughout Scripture. If you seek him with your whole heart, you'll find him. Let me pray.